Today's show is brought to you by Lightning Pod. If you have a podcast, you know that it's a lot of work. But Lightning Pod can help. We've been working with their founder, Eric Johnson, for more than a year now, and he's really helped us take the Smart Home Show to the next level. So if you're starting a new podcast or you want to make your existing podcast better, you should get in touch with Eric. Learn more at lightningpod.fm. You know that little UL on the back of that refrigerator in your house? That's from Underwriters Laboratories. We talked to them today on the Smart Home Show. Hey, everyone. This is Mike Wolf with the Smart Home Show. Today's conversation is with Tom Blewett with Underwriters Laboratories. Who's that? We know that little UL on the back of like every single appliance that's in your kitchen or in maybe in your washing washing room or whatever. That's those guys. They test up out. They write certifications. They basically look at everything that goes into your house. They're one of the biggest testing and certification companies. Basically, that puts a stamp on approval of devices that go in the home and says that this is safe. It meets regulations. And so, you know, it's funny because I was looking at the smart kitchen and looking at the smart home, and I thought, you know, what are these guys doing who are really looking at compliance and, and making sure stuff is safe? What do they think of the smart home? So I reached out to them. And they said, hey, sure, let's talk. And there's actually a guy who's kind of in charge of a lot of the initiatives around smart home. His name's Tom Blewett. He's actually been at Underwriters Laboratory since 1977, which is crazy if you think about it nowadays. But this is a guy who's, who knows this business. He's watched it evolve for the last 30 or 40 years. And so we talk a little bit about the history. It's a little bit different show, but I thought it would be an interesting perspective to stand back and talk to some of the folks who look at devices going to the home and what they think of all this new connectivity and smarts going into it and how they're adjusting to that business. And so we talk about that with Tom. Hey, if you're a listener to the Smart Home Show, I got more Smart Home Shows coming out this week. I have a crossover episode coming from myself and the folks from the Far Stuff podcast. And also, we'll have a weekly update, so keep an eye out for that. You can find all of this at thesmarthomeshow.com. And if you want to read our weekly newsletter, go to smarthomeweekly.net. And guess what? I put out a new report on the Smart Kitchen. I actually did a full report on the Smart Kitchen for my, my research business. It's a really interesting space, one of the areas that I think is really going to be interesting in the next year in particular as people start to connect things like scales and crockpots and coffee makers and all these things that are in the kitchen to the smart home network. And so I did a report on it. I'll probably be doing some more stuff on this in the coming weeks. So if you're interested at all about that, you can get a free executive summary at nextmarket.co. Check that out. Oh yeah. And one more thing we'll be giving away some more gadgets. I announced the winner of the smart lock last week from August. I have another smart lock to give away. The folks at Dana lock are actually launching their product today. We talked earlier a few weeks ago about how they were launching well, they delayed a few weeks, but they actually are launching their smart walk now, and they actually sent me one. I actually have it sitting here in my house, and I can't wait to try it out. And I also have one to give away to you guys. So if you want to enter to win, you can do a couple of things. You, you can do a couple of things. You can give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher or your favorite podcast space and send it to the smart home show at gmail.com. Or you can just go to the Smart Home Weekly and join our weekly newsletter, and you can just forward the confirmation that you've actually subscribed to that because you usually get an email confirmation when you subscribe through MailChimp, forward, forward that to the smart home show at gmail.com and you'll be entered as well. Make sure to put in the subject line, Smart Home Giveaway. Hey everyone, once again, thanks for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and here's my conversation with Tom Blewett from Underwriters Laboratories. This is exciting. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you because I think this is something that no one's really talking about. But when I look at um, 
for example, the connected kitchen and these appliances connecting, they're definitely going to be part of the smart home story. But like I said, no one's really talking about it. And your your group is one of the, the bigger certification companies kind of overseeing and, and, and looking at this stuff. Yeah, that's right. And, and it's interesting. When we first um, became aware that this was you know, finally going to take off, because I think people have been speaking of smart homes and the like for, for decades, actually. Um, but there seemed to be a, a heavy emphasis on, on energy savings with these products. And, and uh, I'm talking about the smart appliances. And, and then that seems to have morphed into more the, uh, the gadget factor, um, the ability to control products with your smartphones and tablets and the like. And, and then we're, we're, I think, on the cusp of them, I'll, I'll say, getting into the useful stage where they can actually do things that, that, um, that people will see as, as bringing value. So the energy, of course, that's always important to save, save money. Um, the gadget phase is always the early adopters that try things out, but the useful stage is where you're, you're going to see more of these products in the marketplace. And I think that's where our, our role um, in ensuring, making sure that the products are safe, you know, takes on, you know, an increased importance. Uh, just the sheer volume of products that we'll get out into the marketplace is going to going to necessitate that. I want to talk uh, specifically about what you're doing with the smart home stuff, but I want you to, if you can, explain what Underwriters Laboratories is so people can understand better what you guys do and what your place is in the market. Sure. So Underwriters Laboratories is a 120-year-old company that uh, – um, has grown from from pretty humble beginnings, a single laboratory looking at uh, electrical uh, fire hazards, and, and has grown into a global uh, multi-service organization that that has a a world leading reputation in safety uh, certification and standards development, but is also a a a, a global leader in in general testing, inspection, and certification. So whether it's auditing uh, to make sure that uh, manufacturers and others uh, achieve, uh, you know, standards and goals that they may have or, or regulatory authorities may have uh, right on through, um, you know, down to the uh, roll-up-the-sleeves testing of, of products and materials uh, to see how they perform and, and, and whether they're safe or or whether they meet specifications, you know, UL does does all of that. So uh, it's, uh, it's an evolving company, um, but one that uh, is uh, is is really making an effort to 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 make its mark uh, throughout the uh, the global environment where there's opportunities abound. Yeah, and when someone has an appliance in their house, or they're looking at an appliance at a store, you'll oftentimes see this little mark that says UL on it, and that's your stamp of approval saying that this product has been tested, it's met safety requirements, and uh, it's good to ship. Is that, is that kind of a, uh, maybe a layman's, good layman's description? Right. So so a, a great many of the consumers will recognize UL by the, the UL in a circle mark. So that's that's our uh, safety certification mark, and, and it's also a uh, our brand identity. So that's the consumer sees that, and 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 we we love that, of course. And then, but it's it's much broader than just that. It's 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 all the different uh, services and capabilities that UL has as well uh, behind that. Not not always resulting in a mark, but uh, but it's the same quality, the same level of uh, service that that the safety certification gets. And the reason you're you're probably getting interested in the smart home is you're starting to see connectivity 
and smarts moving into appliances that never had them before. So you may find a, a range, an oven, you may find a, a dishwasher, you may find a washing machine that has the ability to communicate with it using Wi-Fi or something like that. And that opens up a bunch of different user scenarios, some of which, if not monitored properly, could probably be dangerous. So talk a little bit about some of the work you've started to do here. Exactly. And, you know, when it, it's, it really begins with what is smart, because for many years, appliances have had the capability to be smart. There are microprocessor controls that, that are enabling all sorts of functionality, uh, communication with the, uh, with the operator of the product and all. So the big thing today is the connectedness that, um, that's been introduced with the Wi-Fi and, and other communications technologies. And so, so when, when you have connectedness, um, you no longer have necessarily uh, the complete control, if you want, over what the appliance is going to do out of the factory throughout its life in a person's home. Once you introduce other, other factors that from outside the product, um, you can introduce uh, hazards. And the same thing, things that were safely ensconced within the appliance, uh, behind the enclosure, um, now potentially can come out of the appliance through wires and cables and other things that get connected up. So, so we see that as, as um, certainly from a physical standpoint, you know, does the product present a risk of electric shock? Um, can, can a fire start? Can something happening outside or inside the product uh, create those conditions? For sure, we see that as, as, a, as something that we need to work on. And then the secondly, uh, you alluded to it, is the, is the functions. And, and so with appliances, we all have gotten used to how they operate, what to do, what the safeguards are, and so forth. And now we've introduced all sorts of additional uh, functionality and technology. We've introduced new control devices in our smart-enabled phones and tablets and all that. So, so another area that we're looking very hard at is uh, what happens um, to user behavior, what, what perhaps is going to happen different in the operation of the appliance or what the user actually does in, in their interaction with the appliance and what's the safety significance of that. There's very specific things that can happen with something like a connected range, for example, that that I would think that you guys uh, would say that could be something that could be dangerous. A good ex an example would be, okay, I'm I'm uh, at work and I want to fire up my oven. That is something that I think you know is something that you guys want to watch closely, and probably you'd say you can do because it introduces a potential fire hazard. So, are those things that you're looking at and saying we want to develop standards around? Yeah. So, so it, specifically with a range, um, the what we're, we are particularly concerned with is cooking functions and operation that normally is attended by the user. So, and that would be stove, stove top or, or broiler operation. And so, so we have requirements that, that essentially say that remote operation of the cooktop or the broiler is, is simply not permitted. We don't see how that can, at least with today's technology and what we know, uh, that, that that can be done safely. When it comes to an oven, though, where, where often you, you load the oven, then it may be on for an hour or longer, um, there are ways to safely operate that oven function remotely, and, and that means that the uh, certain conditions have to be established, certain protections within the appliance have to be there, so that well, no matter what happens with your smartphone or, or computer access to, to set the operation, 
that you know the appliance itself will be able to safely operate. So we have requirements in, in our standard that, that address that type of scenario. And we go through each and every one of the potential operations of, of the uh, range and the oven and look at what the likely hazards are and then determine whether or not um, we can develop safety requirements that, that will be effective in, 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 in allowing certain uses. And one of the main points I'd like to just make is that in doing any sort of development of safety requirements, we're, we're very conscious of the fact that this is, there's a lot of innovation and opportunity here. So what we want to do is to, to make sure that the product is safe, but we don't want to unintentionally impede uh, innovation. And, and so it's a, it's, a, it's a delicate balancing act to, to achieve that. Talk specifically about your smart home efforts and, you know, have you developed specific programs and testing and compliance programs for these devices that come in and that are connected? Okay. So, yeah. So, so the way that um, appliances uh, are handled at underwriters laboratories is that, that uh, there are standards uh, for the many different appliances that are applicable. So the requirements for a room air conditioner or the requirements for an electric range are in individual standards. And so um, what we do is we, we, within those standards, we'll, we'll, we'll document the requirements for any smart features or capabilities. So, so uh, the standards are, are the starting point for, for what we do. So we, we've, we've looked at, as I described for the range, we look at the functionality and the potential safety problems and, and so forth and, and have written requirements that, that, that essentially it's, uh, it's the do's and don'ts, um, but it's, it's, it's performance-oriented. We don't prescribe things generally, but, but we, we, we want the product to be able to perform in a safe way. So then once you have the standard with, with those requirements, then, then the staff doing the product investigations in the laboratories and the engineers who apply the standards um, they, they, they go through those requirements, they look at the products, they, they, they perform the tests, they do the physical measurements, they may look at the software, they may look at the microprocessor and, and other uh, electronic hardware, and they're, they're challenging those components and they're challenging the software to see where it might be vulnerable, where, where a failure may result in, in an unsafe operation. So, uh, so the controls have gotten very complex as, 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 as you introduce the smart enabled features um, and, and it's, it's become, it's, it's, not, it's not outside our skill set obviously to, to look at these things, but, but it has required, um, you, know, uh, you know, training of staff and, and, and making sure that, that we're, we're ready to be able to handle the latest technology that's coming in. You know, when you look at something like an appliance, the, the performance or uh, what it, how it acts and how it's treated over its lifetime is going to change as it gets connected. And in particular, you start to think about how computers are remotely upgradable and you have the ability to diagnose problems and communicate with them. That's going to be possible with your refrigerator and your oven in the future. So it's not uh, outside of the realm of possibility, and it's certainly something that the, the appliance manufacturers are thinking about, about doing is software field upgrades. So is that something that you look at? It is, and and you know there there's been a lot of discussion around that, um, and and so so there's 
tremendous opportunity there. So if if some manufacturer sees that in production that that they might have to make an adjustment to to a component like a compressor and a refrigerator. Um, and that will make the it'll run a little cooler and, and last longer or, or, or operate more safely. Uh, it, it'd be great to be able to do that for for the X number of compressors that are already out in the field. And so um, so there's tremendous opportunity there. And, and and so we definitely are anticipating that in our requirements. The risk, of course, is that when you are able to do that type of updating and upgrading. There's always the opportunity for someone to to do something malicious there, and so so one of the the challenges in 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 in, in that subject area is how to provide access without um, introducing you know yet additional potential complications and, and hazards, and, and there's there's a lot of work being done in the standards around that. Yeah, and certainly Internet of Things has been cited as a potential new hacker's paradise, right? I mean, I think HP came out this year and said, you know, there's a lot of security vulnerabilities. And so when you add network connectivity to appliances, that becomes a potential viability or a liability. Are you looking at the – like you you said, some, said, you know, someone could act maliciously. Is that something you're looking to put your thinking around and your standards around saying this is something has the this, – this device has the proper safeguards against a hack? Yeah, so the, the way we approach it is we, we you know, a, when you're doing any sort of safety work, you really, again, have to get down into the weeds. Exactly how does the product work? What, how do the electronics work? What's the, the ins and outs of the software? What's possible? So we're looking for, uh, you know, normally, whether it was hacking involved or not, we're looking for, you know, what happens if a one is a zero in the electronics or the software and, and, and and so so we're down into that level already. And so so the so when it comes to you know what can somebody do from the outside, um, in some respects uh, we're we're addressing that. But you never know. And 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 and, the, and that's the that's the challenge there. And so um, so the bigger concern ultimately is is if, if the manufacturer um, allows access to you know pass some of that that. That functionality that I've just described, in order to do a a, a servicing of the product, um, you know that's something that uh, again adds complexity, and 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 it's important for us to make sure that we have taken that into account, and and that's where where that that the hacker risk increases, and so so at least up to this point, I think we're looking more uh, at the you know how to uh, properly authenticate who's accessing the uh the the microprocessor who's who's attempting to control the uh the software to change the software and and that you know like every major bank and every other institution out there um we're we're all you know uh we're learning as we go along in a sense as to to what to look out for and constantly applying what we learn to uh, you know anything new uh to to product as 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 we move ahead there's a lot of innovation going on in the appliance space. You have guys like GE, although they sold off their their products. You have guys like LG, Samsung, and others who are looking to do really interesting things in the future around, for example, smart refrigerators, where you can kind of monitor things that go in and out. Use you know advanced technologies like NFC. Are you talking? Are they coming to you with their future roadmaps and, and talking to you about what they want to do? Um, we, yes, in, in the discussions that we have with manufacturers, um, there's, there, there we, we, you know, we're at UL. We, we see product um, 
before it hits the marketplace. And, and again, as things get increasingly complex, the manufacturers want to better understand what the requirements are, what the, what the challenges they might have in order to demonstrate that their products are safe. So, so they do share with us uh, their intentions. But of course, in a competitive environment, you know, we don't necessarily learn all things until, until, until we need to know, so to speak. And, 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 and because things are moving so quickly, um, in terms of development and getting products to market, uh, the the lead time in knowing what's happening is um, is is decreasing, and that's why you know we have a we have an approach to new science at UL where 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 we kind of get try and get out in front of of where things are going, and, and at least have a dialogue with the industry, with other stakeholders uh, to kind of solicit from them what they're willing and able to share with us as early as they can. Sometimes they may not tell us exactly what they're going to do, but, but sometimes we might get steered in a direction that helps us anticipate where they're going. So, so in that sense, um, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're better prepared than perhaps waiting for somebody to specifically share their immediate uh, plans. You've been doing this for 30-plus years at UL, and you've watched the evolution of the appliance industry. Talk about that and, and the, maybe the evolution and the pace of change. What, what have you seen, and, and are you kind of surprised at where we're at now? I, I am, I, I guess, because, uh, you know, when I started, uh, everything, of course, was, was – um, was a little slower than it is today. Um, the expectations were, uh, and I'm talking about the industry and getting products to market. Uh, they, 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 there was, uh, there was, it was never a, a slow pace, but it, but it, it did not anywhere near approach the the pace of today. Um, the you know we were always conscious of of time and 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 time is money uh, and so forth. But today now, uh, you know everything is is so rapid. Um, some ideas are generated that may be uh, implemented in, in a micro factory and then out the door and in, in, in people's homes or, or in test locations, um, you, know, in, 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 you know, in a matter of a month where it might have taken a year and a half or longer to, to get to that stage. So the technology has enabled tremendous speed um, and the, the marketplace really is demanding it. So it would, it, you know, it's, Try anticipate the internet and all that that's brought about when I first started. There's no way, and 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 it's really the appliance industry has uh, tracked along well with the uh, that type of progress. Do you remember the first internet connected appliance? I mean, do you remember when someone said, "Hey, we want to connect this thing to the internet"? And what'd you think? Yeah, it's uh, it actually I, I remember some of the before that some of the especially in the commercial applications for appliances where where they wanted them to talk together in chain restaurants and so forth and uh, and I thought wow that's that's great and 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 um, well, you know think of the possibilities and and then it was really more on and off <laughs> and what time was the turn on and off and 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 not never did I imagine um, certainly years ago. That, that a consumer could, could you know, operate their crock pot or even would want to operate their crock pot from their phone, perhaps just getting off an airplane somewhere. Talk about lighting because you're also overseeing that. You know, the smart lighting space is really taking off. Um, I'm seeing a lot of interesting innovation there, lots of different radios going in, be it Bluetooth or Z-Wave Zigbee, obviously. Um, is that something that you're seeing a lot of activity in, and can you talk about that at all? Yeah, well, we're, we're definitely seeing it in, in the uh, in the individual LED lamps. I think LED 
um, you know, has made some of this possible. And uh, there's a there's there's uh, you know a lot of interest in having smart controls for lighting. And so I I think that the the that that marketplace has has got you know a bit to sort out you know where the controls are going to be how distributed is the intelligence you know amongst the whether all the every lamp has to be really smart or does the control system have to be smart um, but but there's just tremendous opportunity there I think with the the revolution we're on the cusp of wearable technologies uh, I think that that will have uh, interaction uh, with lighting and, you know, presence awareness and, and mood and other types of settings that can be uh, accomplished uh, when, when, when the, the technologies communicate with each other. So I, we're definitely seeing uh, a lot of technology introduced into what used to be just a brass and glass industry. Now it's a very much a silicon industry and, and then changes uh, we're really only in the beginning there as well. You talked about wearables. Um, are you guys uh, seeing the, the the presence of things like beacon technology being put into devices that sense uh, the presence of other devices? Is, is this something you're looking at? Uh, and, I, and that's probably a little outside my area. I could tell you that you know the Internet of Things definitely is um, showing up in all sorts of places at UL. Um, again. You know the things from the smart thermostats that everybody knows of, and, and the light bulbs to all sorts of security systems and garage door operators and the like. So, so, so the technology is definitely uh, populating these different types of products, and 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 we're we're seeing it. And and, and at this at this stage, it's still um, it hasn't coalesced yet, but there's a lot of players out there looking to to make all of this interoperable to to uh and and then hopefully then the kind of the 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 collective uh number of devices working together will 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 create even more new and greater ideas so right now a lot of individual products talking to a few others um but that's uh, again we're only in the beginning of that hey well tom blewett with underwriters laboratory i really appreciate you taking some time with me well, it's been great talking with you, Michael, and I appreciate that. Take care. Well, that was it. I hope you learned a little bit about what those guys are doing around the smart home, how this organization that's been around for decades and decades and decades is adjusting to this thing we call the smart home. You can find out more about them at ul.com. And if you want to find out more about the smart home show, just go to the smarthomeshow.com. You can also find us at technology.fm. And I encourage you to subscribe if you haven't already. And if you do, you might as well try to win some free stuff including a smart lock. Just go to smarthomeshow.com, find out how to enter, give us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or join our mailing list at smarthomeweekly.net. Thanks, everyone, for listening. My name is Michael Wolf, and we'll talk to you soon on the Smart Home Show.